0: Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. I'll be reviewing the September market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I'll be covering is called Where We Are. Let's begin. Entering the final trimester of the year in a positive mean, American poet and writer Helen Hunt Jackson, 1830 to 1885, may inspire constructive thinking after financial market participants globally have grappled with this year's numerous vicissitudes. By all these lovely tokens, September days are here with summer's best of weather and autumn's best of cheer. Financial market participants may understandably approach the season of fruitfulness in a constructive mood as students inaugurate a new academic year, the harvest season arrives in a good many agricultural quadrants, and the constellations Pegasus and Cassiopeia begin to wheel into view with the approach of the autumnal equinox. Yet this September follows late August's reality check as investors, who had been anticipating a Fed pivot from monetary tightening to at least some degree of easier policy stance, reassessed their expectations and found that, rather than the Fed pivoting, it turned out that the financial asset prices ended up doing the pivoting and in a retreating instead of advancing direction. In brief, Among the main causes of financial markets' August weakness were, one, for companies reporting late in the quarterly earnings cycle, decidedly mixed corporate profit results in many management's unsettled commentary about the future revenue margins and profit outlook, two, meaningful declines in U.S. Treasury security prices from their mid-June highs through August close, with two-year Treasury notes, 10-year Treasury, and 30-year Treasury bonds exhibiting rising yields, and perhaps most significantly, three, changed investor perceptions due to Fed Chair Powell's August 26th Jackson Hole speech and other Fed officials' observations that interest rates are likely to be kept higher for longer until inflation is brought under control despite higher recession risk and associated deleterious effects on employment and economic output. August's financial narrative reflected the following developments. 1. Two year U.S. Treasury yields ranged between a low of 2.90% on August 1st and a high of 3.46% on August 30th before closing at 3.45% on August 31st. 2. 10 year U.S. Treasury yields ranged between a low of 2.60% on August 1st and their high of 3.15% where they closed on August 31st. 3. 30-year US Treasury yields ranged between a low of 2.92% on August 1st and a high of 3.27% on August 31st, where they closed the month. 4. The DXY US dollar index versus six major currencies rose 2.1% over the month and is up positive 13.3% year to date, before closing at 108.70 on August 31st. 5. The VIX Equity Volatility Index spent most of August 23 trading sessions in the low-to-mid-20s, with daily closes ranging between a low of 19.74 on August 10th and a high of 26.21 on August 29th and 30th. Six, investors reacted to slightly lower yet still elevated inflation readings, a still-low reading 58.2 for the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, five months in a row of declining leading economic indicators, an updated report of second quarter 2022 U.S. real GDP showing a decline of negative 0.6% after first quarter 2022's decline of negative 1.6%, slowing data for August PMI services 44.1 and August PMI manufacturing 51.5, continued pandemic lockdown measures in China, and indeterminate developments in the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. 7. The technology-heavy Nasdaq Composite Index declined -4.6% in August and having managed to generate a gain in just 2 months of the year, positive 3.4% in March and positive 12.4% in July, is now down -24.5% year to date. 8. The August price change for 5 mega capitalization technology companies was Apple -3.1%, Microsoft -6.9%, Amazon -6.1%, Alphabet negative 7.0%, and Meta Platforms, positive 2.4%. 9. The S&P GS Commodity Price Index at 665.93 decreased negative 4.0% in August after declining negative 2.6% in July. 10. In descending order, the year-to-date price performance of the 11 S&P 500 industry sectors was Energy, positive 41.4%, Utilities, positive 4.8%, Consumer Staples, negative 5.0%, Healthcare, negative 10.3%, Industrials, negative 12.4%, Financials, negative 15.4%, Materials, negative 18.1% real estate -19.2%, information technology -23.0%, consumer discretionary -23.5% and communication services -30.3%. As investors enter the ninth month of 2022, on average, over the 94 years from 1928 through 2021 inclusive, the month of September with its historical negative 1.0% price loss for the S&P 500 ranks 12th among months in more than nine decades of monthly performance ranking. It is worth repeating that these nine-decade results are averages, with a given month's outcome definitely having the potential to vary above or below the long-term average. According to Investor's Business Daily, in the 22 years from two 2000 to the present, the S&P 500 has averaged a negative 1.3% loss in the month of September. Over the past 10 years, which exclude the declines of the dot-com crash and the global financial crisis, the average decline has been a more modest negative 0.6%. After falling in the last two and a half weeks of August, the S&P 500 declined negative 4.2%, closing at 3,955 on August 31st versus 4,130.29 on July 29th. The Nasdaq Composite fell negative 4.6% in August, and the Russell 2000 Index of small and mid-cap companies declined negative 2.2% over the month to close at 1,844. One, two. Over the course of August, West Texas intermediate crude oil prices declined 9.2% from $98.62 per barrel on July 29 to $89.55 per barrel on August 31st. The global oil demand side continues to reflect signs of China's COVID 19 lockdown measures, slowing momentum in the global economy, fuel shortages currently low levels of inventories and precautionary buying while on the supply side. One, the six-month Russia-Ukraine conflict continues to create significant demand and supply disruptions. Two, several nations, especially the U.S. and including certain allies, have launched the release of crude oil from their respective Strategic petroleum reserves. 3. Iran continues with the nuclear talks begun on November 29th, which could, in theory, increase the supply of Iranian oil officially entering global oil markets if economic sanctions on Iran are relaxed. 4. Facing pressure from investors to moderate growth and address their emissions amid concerns about increasing regulations and climate change, large U.S. and European oil companies have continued to spend sparingly to boost production, even as certain major oil companies have halted and or completely exited their Russian activity. Five, consolidating U.S. shale producers have exercised financial probity, have not excessively increased output in reaction to higher crude prices, Have followed production discipline and exerted capital spending restraint, and six, following the 31st OPEC and non-OPEC ministerial meeting on Wednesday, August 3rd, the group, which includes Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Iraq, and other countries, agreed to distinctly limit the rate of their monthly output increases to an agreed pace of 100,000 barrels per day in September of this year. At the 32nd OPEC Plus ministerial meeting on Monday, September 5th, the organization decided to cut production targets by 100,000 barrels per day for October. During August, the US dollar rose positive 2.7% versus the DXY index comprised of 6 major currencies: the euro, Japanese yen, British pound, Canadian dollar, Swiss franc and Swedish krona on July 29th. The DXY index closed at 108.70 positive 13.3% versus its level of 95.97 on December 31st, 2021. Reflecting a significant degree of competition from higher short-term interest rates and a stronger U.S. dollar over the course of the past month, the daily spot gold price as logged by USA Gold closed at $1,708.84 per troy ounce on August 31st, down negative 3.2% during August and down negative 6.6% from its close of $1,829.05 per troy ounce on december 31st 2021 for two-year u.s treasury securities yields rose 56 basis points in august to 3.45 percent at month end where they are up 272 basis points since their closing level of 0.73% on December 31, 2021. For 10-year U.S. Treasury securities, yields climbed 48 basis points in August and closed at 3.15% at the end of the month, where they are up 163 basis points since their closing level of 1.52% on December 31, 2021. For 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, yields increased 27 basis points in August and reached 3.27% at the end of the month, where they are up 137 basis points since their closing level 1.90% on December 31, 2021. Now let's discuss several of the key factors that we consider at this time are likely to exert meaningful influence on financial asset prices in the interval ahead. Factors likely to exert significant influence on financial asset prices, the economy and corporate profits. In its July update of the World Economic Outlook, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, has lowered its forecast of 2022 and 2023 economic growth. After advancing positive 6.1% in 2021, world GDP output is projected to grow positive 3.2% in 2022 and positive 2.9% in 2023. The United States is projected to slow from positive 5.7% GDP growth in 2021 to positive 2.3% in 2022, and a paltry positive 1.0% in 2023, tracing a similarly decelerating growth trajectory. After positive 5.4% GDP growth in 2021, the euro area is projected to slow to positive 2.6% in 2022, followed by what would represent an anemic positive 1.2% in 2023 After positive 8.1% GDP growth in 2021, China is projected to grow positive 3.3% in 2022 and then rebound to positive 4.6% in 2023. And it is worth remembering that despite the long experience, global scope, immediate insight, and considerable economic modeling resources of the International Monetary Fund, actual economic outcomes have in the past varied considerably above or below the IMFs projections. We hasten to point out that these glum economic projections were formulated prior to, among other influences, one, an intensification of concerns over the reliability and costs of energy supplies in Europe, Two, a post-Jackson Hole sustained monetary policy restrictiveness reflected in, among other realms, a meaningfully appreciating U.S. dollar with its associated damaging effects on American exports, corporate profits, and not least, emerging markets, dollar-denominated borrowing costs, and three, a meaningful decline in a useful proxy for the health of global trade, the Baltic Dry Shipping Index influenced by the supply of and demand for ocean-going vessels, and representing ocean transport rates for shipping coal, iron ore, grain, and construction materials for perspective, the all-time zenith for this index, 11,793 was reached in May 2008, and the all-time nadir of 504 was reached in November 2015. As measured by a number of labor market indicators, the U.S. economy for now appears in decent health, with one, the August Establishment Survey employment report adding 315,000 jobs, and the Household Survey featuring a large increase in the labor force, positive 786,000, while adding positive 442,000 jobs, the best reading since March. Two, July's job openings reported on August 30th ticked up to 11.2 million, with a large upward revision for openings in June, to 11.0 million from an estimated 10.7 million. A record of more than 11.8 million was reached in March. And three, the share of adults working or seeking a job, the labor force participation rate, rose to 62.4% in August from 62.1% in July, as participation among women ages 25 to 54 increased to the highest level since 2000. The apparent health of the labor market notwithstanding, we do note a distinct deceleration from the robust gains that have characterized much of the past two years. Wages have been rising at a slower pace, and their growth rate is still negative in real terms after inflation employers have hired fewer workers and anecdotal reports have been servicing of layoffs job cuts downsizing hiring freezes and furloughs current received wisdom maintains that to achieve the goal of appreciably lower inflation may require a substantial slowing of labor cost inflation with estimates of the natural or non-inflationary rate of unemployment somewhat above 5%, well above the 4% unemployment level that the Federal Reserve has previously considered to be inflation neutral. With the second quarter 2022 corporate earnings reporting season drawing to a close, S&P 500 companies have essentially reported earnings growth of positive 6.3% and revenue growth of positive 13.9%. In our view, the detrimental effects of the Federal Reserve thus far on aggregate economic activity and by extension on corporate profits in coming quarters, have yet to play out fully, among them one, soft readings for personal income and spending, consumer confidence and consumer sentiment, two, cautious revenue and earnings comments by consumer discretionary companies, especially in the mainstream sectors, three, five months in a row of declining lead economic indicators, four, slowing light truck sales, five, declining prices for numerous commodities, and six, falling existing home sales for six straight months through July, slacking building permits activity and recent decelerating home prices with projections through a year-end of slowing home price growth. According to FactSet's Earnings Insight Monitor, as of September 2nd. during the months of July and August, securities analysts lowered the their bottom-up S&P 500 earnings per share estimates for third quarter 2022 by negative 5.4% and for fourth quarter 2022 by negative 3.5%. Such declining earnings forecasts are consistent with, among other sources, the profits models and leading earnings indicators of Haver Analytics, the Chicago Fed, the Atlanta Fed, the Conference Board, and the Institute for Supply Management. For third quarter 2022, as of early September, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 3.8% and revenue growth of positive 8.8%. For fourth quarter 2022, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 4.9% and revenue growth of positive 6.5%. For calendar year 2022 as a whole, analysts are projecting earnings growth of positive 7.9% and revenue growth of positive 10.8%. These downshifting earnings forecasts are consistent with the slowing S&P 500 earnings outlook contained in the Yardini Research Earnings Summary dated August 29, which accounts for some or all of the small differences with the fact-set data. To our way of thinking, financial markets' attention is likely to shift from worries about inflation and the Fed tightening to concerns arising from a likely downshift in economic activity and the resultant reduction in corporate profits growth for the last two quarters of this year and at least into the first half of 2023. We share this view while at the same time cautioning investors to prepare for increased financial market volatility while paying heed to Fed Chair Powell's explicit warnings of some economic pain ahead. For the period ahead, we emphasize diversification risk mitigation and low beta, low volatility companies and sectors possessing defensive characteristics generating strong free cash flow. We favor consumer staples healthcare utilities, highest quality technology companies, and at some point in anticipation of restrictive policy, bringing about an economic growth slowdown and lower bond yields, even some intermediate and longer dated U.S. Treasury securities. Monetary policy and interest rates. At the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City's 2022 Economic Policy Symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, its first in-person meeting since 2020, held this year from August 25th through the 27th to discuss reassessing constraints on the economy and policy, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell concisely delivered an explicit message that the nation's central bank is firmly committed to the task of bringing inflation down until it has achieved stability in the general price level. Chair Powell's six-page speech lasting under 10 minutes, emphasized that to bring about lower inflation will require some degree of suffering and discomfort in the form of a less robust labor market and reduced economic activity. The speech indicated that interest rates will need to be raised into restrictive territory to slow growth and curb inflation. To quote Chair Powell in his remarks to the central bankers and economists in attendance, reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Moreover, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions. He added further, while higher interest rates, slower growth, and softening labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. Equally significant, Chair Powell emphasized the critical importance of quickly reigning in inflation in order to forestall an anchoring of inflation expectations. He indicated that Estimates of longer-term neutral interest rates are not a place to stop or pause, and the longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. These points were echoed and reinforced by symposium remarks delivered by officials from the European Central Bank, who specifically mentioned sacrifice, emphasizing that the lessons of the 1970s clearly indicated that there should be no easing of monetary tightening at the first signs of a dip in inflation. Also important are certain subjects that were significant through their absence. Chief among them being, one, no mention of the risks of over-tightening monetary policy, which in the minutes of the recent FOMC meetings had spurred financial market expectations of an eminent, less hawkish, monetary policy pivot. Two, No indication that some degree of inflation curbing process is underway by citing recent declines in year-over-year percentage inflation rates for the headline CPI, the headline PPI, and the headline PCE price deflator. 3. No explicit mention of the ongoing economic headwinds of an elevated U.S. dollar, high energy prices, and commencing September 1st, a doubling in the rate of reduction in the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, known as quantitative tightening, to $95 billion per month. And four, no explicit message as to the size and timing of future policy interest rate hikes. As might be expected, Fed Chair Powell's Resolute Jackson Hole message led to some firming in U.S. Treasury bond yields. For two-year U.S. Treasury notes yielding 3.40% as of Friday, September 2nd, and 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds yielding 3.20% as of Friday, September 2nd. Through first half 2023, FOMC policy meetings are currently scheduled for September 20th through the 21st, November 1st and 2nd, December 13th and 14th, January 31st to February 1st, March 15th and 16th, May 3rd and 4th, June 14th and 15th. On August 30th, Fed funds futures markets via the CME FedWatch monitoring tool were indicating that monetary policy target interest rates were likely to stay higher for longer and rise by positive 150 basis points until cresting some time in February-March 2023 from their current 2.375%, the midpoint level of the FOMC's 2.25 to 2.50% target range, to a peak of 3.875%, the midpoint of a 3.75 to 4.0% range. With the size and timing of policy rate changes primarily determined by inflation rates, financial and labor market conditions, and economic activity. For financial market-based insights as to the likely direction of monetary policy and economic growth, we recommend close monitoring of the 10-year minus 2-year U.S. Treasury yield curve, currently showing an inverted slope of negative 20 basis points. If the 10-year, 2-year yield curve inversion deepens to 40 basis points or above, such conditions usually indicate that financial market participants anticipate Fed policy over-tightening with an even more material slowdown in economic growth, likely in the offing. Inflation, underscoring the centrality of the inflation issue to the direction of interest rates and thus to financial asset prices on Tuesday, August 30. New York Federal Reserve President John C. Williams indicated that combating high inflation is likely to require lifting the Fed's monetary policy benchmark short-term interest rate to a terminal level above 3.5% and holding it at that level through 2023. Some early signs have begun to appear that inflation pressures may have commenced easing, containing a diffusion index showing the six-month average of net number of prices paid components Rising or falling from 2005 to the present, as reported by Regional Federal Reserve District Manufacturing Surveys issued by the Dallas, Kansas City, New York, Philadelphia, and Richmond Federal Reserve Bank's August 2022 represents the second month in a row that all five prices-paid components of the regional Fed surveys have declined on a month-over-month basis. To be sure, elevated housing-related and labor costs tend to not be as susceptible to downward trending supply demand forces as grains, gasoline, industrial metals, and other goods. On a year-over-year basis in July, headline CPI had declined to positive 8.5% versus positive 9.1% in June. Headline PPI had declined to positive 9.8% versus positive Positive 11.3% in June, and headline personal consumption expenditures prices had declined to positive 6.3% versus positive 6.8% in June. Even after excluding food and energy prices, on a year-over-year basis in July, core CPI at positive 5.9% had not risen since June's positive 5.9%. Core PPI at positive 7.6% had declined from positive 8.4% in June. And core personal consumption expenditures prices, the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure, had declined to positive 4.6% from positive 4.8% in June. To be sure, in the near term, the FOMC will be carefully parsing the August CPI data to be released on Tuesday, September 13th, the August PPI data to be released on Wednesday, September 14th, and in particular, the August Personal Consumption Expenditures Inflation Report to be released on Friday, September 30th. We also take note of a possibly cyclical peaking in core producer prices and core personal consumption expenditures prices. Other measures monitored closely by the FOMC include market-based and survey-based expectations of inflation one year ahead. They too have begun to trend downward, entering the final three months of 2022 and absent any large-scale shocks from, one, energy supply and demand, two, Public health and/or climatological conditions, three, monetary, fiscal, and currency policies, and four, regulatory, political, or geopolitical developments. We are of the belief that inflation is likely to continue trending downward, granted at a gradual pace, to what could represent an elevated plane measurably above the widely mentioned positive 2.0% circumstances of the pre COVID years, perhaps to the positive 3.5 to 4.5% range in 2023 and on into 2024. As of now, we believe that financial asset prices are likely to be driven by the Federal Reserve's inflation-fighting steadfastness, which in turn should exert influence on the course of the economy and corporate financial results. We expect analysts' S&P 500 earnings estimates to be revised downward further in the waning months of 2022, which is likely to represent somewhat of a headwind on equity prices. We therefore emphasize caution, discipline, deliberation, and time-spacing unhurriedness in increasing exposure to risk assets, with emphasis on quality and an unyielding insistence on favorable risk-reward calculus for existing asset allocations and new capital commitments. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning. Portfolio positioning strategies. Following the S&P 500's well-above-average total return performance of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021, and in the current environment of, one, monetary policy restraint via interest rate increases and quantitative tightening, two, a slowing economic trajectory, and three, still elevated inflation. We believe that careful thought, planning, and attention need to be devoted to the investors' most appropriate forms and vehicles for implementing the fundamental Elements of asset allocation and investment strategy, which include 1. Diversification. While it does not by any means guarantee a profit or insure against a loss, diversification means including low and negatively correlated investment exposures that truly counterbalance price movements in other assets, particularly during times of significant financial stress and or rising financial asset volatility, as well as during intervals of trendless asset price movements. 2. Rebalancing, which encompasses consideration of when to use concepts of reversion to the mean and market price dislocations to trim exposures to assets that have grown to represent too large a portion of the overall portfolio, while at the same time adding exposures to high-quality assets that have fallen out of investor favor and suffered significant, though deemed not permanent, price declines versus intrinsic value. 3. Risk management, which involves recognizing when markets have become consumed by unrealistic expectations. Memes securities, excessive speculation, momentum plays, story stocks and information overload, a situation that has pertained at various times last year and this year to a number of companies in certain parts of the cryptocurrency realm and the technology spectrum in understanding the degree of liquidity, the true pricing realism and the appropriate roles of short-term liquid securities, real assets, financial assets and alternative assets during intervals of geopolitical disturbance and especially in years long or even in decades long regimes of inflation, stagflation, deflation, monetary disruptions, and currency resets. 4 reinvestment, which encompasses knowing when to emphasize and trade off income return versus capital growth, all the while keeping in mind the critical importance of discipline, equanimity, patience, perspective, cost consciousness, tax awareness, and longevity in capturing and compounding dividend, coupon rental, maturing securities, and other forms of incoming capital flows, and five, asset protection and husbandry, which encompass considerations of current and likely future income, wealth, and capital gains taxation at the state, local, federal, and possibly international level, estate planning, relevant insurance design and structuring, cybersecurity shielding, portfolio monitoring, and reporting. Administrative expenses, forms, frequency, and means of asset access and asset custody. Portfolio Positioning Principles With approximately a 40% weighting to growth, 30% to value, and 30% to defensive-style rubrics, we continue to allocate a meaningful exposure to equities, leavened by judicious apportionments to short-term, high-quality, income-generating instruments, about which we have in July 2022 published two notes, one, short-term liquidity investments, and two, income-oriented investments. With prudent shifts between style sectors, geographies, and where appropriate, from a cost- timing, tax liquidity, and size standpoint, public versus private markets. Given the equity and fixed income price swings of the past three years expressed are a number of themes that we believe should be taken into consideration over the next few quarters and years in selecting asset categories, asset classes, asset managers, sectors, companies, and security types. One, paying attention to the value of money, taking advantage of rather than being taken advantage by the consequences of money printing, internal and external currency debasement, government debt monetization, and the modern monetary theory approach that to some degree in the pandemic response era has at times been pursued by the authorities within shifting money and credit cycles to service America's massive explicit government and corporate indebtedness and the enormous implicit obligations of pension and health care benefit promises to concentrating on all weather sectors and companies, seeking investments with balance and flexibility that are able to thrive regardless of which political persuasion informs the thinking and policies of the White House Congress, the judiciary, the state legislatures, and relevant domestic and international regulatory authorities, evolving environmental, social, and governance, ESG priorities and values, wealth distribution initiatives, and public health conditions, social unrest, episodes of geopolitical tension, Such as have especially pertained since February of this year, entente and detente, and wider socioeconomic trends. Three, distinguishing between temporary and permanent change, focusing on the commercial, financial, and labor cost implications of new social and political power structures, alliances and global associations, new energy sources and resources, new trade channels, new on-and-offshoring structures, new cost, logistical supply chain, and transportation modalities, hybrid work-from-home and work from any Anywhere, employment patterns, and new business models, pathways, digitalizations, and forms of person-to-person and business-to-business work, leisure, learning, and wellness activity. Four, taking advantage of demographic tailwinds through select U.S. and non-U.S. companies, recognizing current economic, currency, public health, and financial challenges facing several emerging markets, and using significant asset price and valuation discontinuities, shifts in exchange rates, and changes in consumer and business preferences to gain exposure to and benefit from the rising needs, aspirations, and appropriate spending power of the expanding global middle class. Five, comprehending and verifying past success, emphasizing companies and sectors that have demonstrated successful track records and past experience in competitive preeminence, abundant free cash flow generation, capital allocation skill, balance sheet strength, risk management, sustainably defendable business models, and the ability to maintain high multi-year returns on equity derived from revenue growth and favorable margin preservation, rather than through disproportionately high levels of leverage, meaningfully above the company's and sector's weighted average cost of capital and six, identifying innovative and disruptive technology hegemons, recognizing when at various points in economic and financial market cycles to focus on and when to reduce exposure to technology enablers, disruptors, and dominators in such fields as diagnostics, biotechnology, and therapeutics based on CRISPR, weight management and well-being, public health, medical nutrition, regenerative medicine, artificial intelligence, data analytics, machine learning, 5G cellular network technology, the internet of things, infrastructure, robotics, retraining, quantum computing, battery inventions, alternative energy, virtual reality and augmented reality devices, hypersonic aviation, rare earths, electric vehicles, and cybersecurity, while not least also taking account of the environmental, social, and governance, ESG risks, aspirations, and initiatives of companies in these and other fields. Portfolio positioning tactics. One, keeping things in perspective. Many of the overarching themes and conditions that influence our intermediate and long term asset allocation and investment strategy emphasize the need to recognize that the concepts and implementation methods intended to achieve safety, balance, Purchasing power protection, diversification, and liquidity are likely to face evolving and sometimes rapidly shifting internal financial market dynamics, legal frameworks, taxation regimes, regulatory emphases, social priorities, geopolitical power relationships, price level changes, demographic trends, indebtedness levels, technological penetration and usages, financial structures, currency systems, and importantly, perceptions of the definition role, degree of physicality, embodiment, and value of money itself. 2 flexibility versus conviction in formulating investment thinking. In seeking to determine when to adhere to and when to lean against prevailing consensus views, such views have sometimes been pejoratively referred to as groupthink. It is important to critically question the soundness and durability of the reasoning and assumptions underlying a given investment framework and positioning at any point in time. While it at intervals may not make sense to hold out of consensus views, often expressed as fighting the tape at other times, especially at major cyclical or secular turning points at a significant asset top when reality is finally found to fall short of prevailing overly optimistic expectations or a major asset bottom. When reality is shown to be worth considerably more than prevailing overly pessimistic expectations, the rewards of implementing a contrarian stance can be quite meaningful. Three, enhancing and preserving. Even with some of the speculative fervor having materially diminished thus far this year in more than a few areas of the financial realm, we still confess to a degree of unease over the several lingering manifestations of investor exuberance and the popularity of certain securities and sectors considered to be forever holdings. Our preference at this juncture remains to take note of the Federal Reserve's reiteration of its explicit policy measures to rein in inflation— while taking advantage of episodes of asset price strength to continue the regimen of upgrading positions, offloading, lower quality, higher risk assets, and with timing and price discipline, gradually adding to attractively priced, higher quality assets on equity market pullbacks. With monetary policy interest rate increases and intensified quantitative tightening, Federal Reserve balance sheet reduction underway, slow growth in China and slowing growth in Europe, and in view of our expectation of continued asset price volatility in the months ahead, prudence. Councils formulating specific game plans to take advantage of financial asset price retrenchments as a key component affecting the timing and amount of new capital commitments. Four, equity emphases and de emphases. In the current conditions of higher U.S. Treasury interest rates at the short end of the maturity spectrum, to us it appears likely that cash generating, financially stable companies with robust growth prospects, which are able to operate and thrive within a distinctly unsettled geopolitical backdrop and the digital sphere as they continue to enhance their business models, deserve to retain some degree of valuation affirmation. Within equities one, we recommend continuing to gradually shift emphasis toward high-quality, dislocated growth sectors, companies, and managers, using proceeds from reduced exposure to select-value defensive sectors, companies, and managers, while retaining a focus in these two sectors on energy, industrials, select financials, materials, and consumer staples, and a concomitant de-emphasis on companies and sectors dependent on access to low-cost energy. Two, we continue to counsel very selectively, adding small and mid-cap companies or investment managers specializing in and with good track record in the space to our primary emphasis on large capitalization enterprises. And three, for the time being, while we continue to prefer a tactical overweighting to U.S. domestic equities, with pullbacks such as those encountered in January, April, and June viewed as an opportunity to only carefully and highly selectively add equities, particularly those sectors and companies likely to thrive in a less predictable economic environment, we also espouse holding or gradually building relatively defined allocations to global leaders listed in international. National markets. Five, focus on strength and quality. Our long-term equity portfolio weightings continue to emphasize asset manager sectors and specific companies that can benefit from the major identifiably sustained trends of the 2020-2030 decade, including one, incremental growth in a wide range of economic circumstances, two, a focus on economic and infrastructure repair, digitalization, e-commerce, personal wellness, safety, domesticity, home improvement, and sustainable consumer demand, and three, advantageous capture of benefits from onshoring, supply chain redesign, and deglobalization as important. And drivers of capital spending and disruptive innovation. At the company level in equities, we emphasize identifying and building long-term exposures to firms possessing fortress-like, cash-rich balance sheets, prudence and balance sheet utilization, limited debt, consistency and growth of positive free cash flow generation, dividend strength and competitive business models with abiding competitive advantages, high barriers to entry, low threat of substitute products, and enduring pricing power vis-a-vis suppliers and or customers that over a long time frame can produce high returns on equity through revenue generation and sustainable profit margins rather than through unhealthily high levels of leverage. At the current time, we recommend that consideration be given to top-quality companies in the healthcare and consumer-stable sectors, as well as firms exceptionally positioned to benefit from inflationary forces in the real asset sectors that have demonstrated an ability to take advantage of shifting price-level changes. 6. Balancing Growth and Value Sectors. At its closing level of 2347.60 on Wednesday, August 31st, the price return of the Russell 1000 Growth Index, symbol RLG and including companies in sectors such as technology, healthcare and communication services was, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 23.7% from its December 31st, 2021 closing level of 3074.99. While the price return of the Russell 1000 Value Index, symbol RLV, and including companies in sectors such as financial, real estate, energy, utility, and industrial businesses was at its closing level 1,475.21 on Wednesday, August 31st, according to the Wall Street Journal down negative 10.9% from its December 31, 2021 closing level of 1,655.73. This negative 12.8 percentage point value minus growth returns differential appears to argue for continuing a degree of balanced exposure in selected value sectors, companies, and managers, as well as selected growth sectors, companies, and managers. As this process continues, it is worth keeping in mind that true value investing represents identifying and owning assets that are trading for less than they are actually worth, not assets that are merely inexpensive. Many superficially inexpensive assets may be inexpensive for a reason and can very well remain so or deteriorate further. Seven, fixed income securities, reflecting some of their largest year-to-date price declines in more than three decades. U.S. Treasury bond prices year-to-date through August 31st have declined negative 3.8% in the 1 to 3 year maturity range, negative 12.2% in the 7 to 10 year maturity range, and negative 24.5% in the above 20 year maturity range. Even though yields have moved upward in the past month, to us they appear likely to be subject to conflicting forces, with higher yields coming from monetary tightening, perhaps counterbalanced by lower yields coming from the economic retrenchment brought about in the monetary. Tightening, and outside the United States, according to Bloomberg, as of late June, a dramatically lower total of. $1.7 $1.7 trillion, down from $18 trillion in early 2021, was outstanding in global negative-yielding sovereign and some corporate debt outstanding. We continue a preference for issuers at the high quality end of the rating spectrum, both in taxable investment grade and high-yield bonds, in tax-exempt bonds, where we see some pockets of value on a taxable equivalent basis to preserve value and generate income in the cross-current-laden environment we foresee in the last four months of 2022 and on into twenty twenty. 23. For now, we prefer maturities and durations along the short to intermediate portion of the yield curve spectrum. 8. U.S. dollar outlook After declining negative 9.9% in 2017, appreciating positive 4.4% in 2018, marginally gaining positive 0.4% in 2019, and declining negative 3.4% in 2020, the DXY U.S. dollar index measured versus a basket of six major currencies the euro, Japanese yen, Swedish krona, British pound, Canadian dollar, and Swiss franc had, as of its market close of 95.97 on December 31st, appreciated positive 6.7% in 2021. On Wednesday, August 31st, the DXY U.S. dollar index had appreciated positive 13.3% year-to-date, closing at 10870 over the next few quarters, given our expectations of the Federal Reserve, one, continuing its policy interest rate increases, and two, commencing the process of reducing the size of its portfolio of U.S. Treasury and mortgage backed securities, we believe the U.S. dollar may rise relative to major currencies, including the euro and Japanese yen. In an environment of higher currency volatility and the anti inflation response of the monetary authorities in the eurozone and in the United Kingdom, we expect a slower rate of increase in the U.S. dollar as well as intervals of U.S. dollar weakness alternating with episodes of U.S. dollar strength. 9. Alternative Investments in Real Assets In Alternative Investments, we continue our multi-quarter focus that has for some time emphasized exposure to, one, commodities and real asset sectors of the economy, including industrial metals, agriculture, and materials to gold and or gold mining ETFs, shares, particularly those miners with reserves in stable geographic locations, capital discipline, and cash flow growth, Three, high-quality master limited partnerships with strong business models and sustainable dividend paying capacity. Four, select investments in private credit and private real estate. Five, in opportunistic strategies that are positioned to selectively derive meaningful value from dislocations created by geopolitical developments and or potentially injurious additional mutations of the coronavirus, as well as the economic and profits recuperation therefrom. To continue our investment strategy themes as we enter the final third of 2022, and in preparing portfolio positioning strategies, portfolio positioning principles, and portfolio positioning tactics for 2022 and 2023, we again pay tribute to the oft-quoted observation of the 34th U.S. President and five-star General Dwight David Eisenhower, 1890 to 1969, that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. With this wisdom in mind, our 2022 investment planning approach reflects and encompasses the following themes. One, growing but slowing GDP as forecast by the FOMC median projection, approximately positive 1.7% in 2022 and positive 1.9% in 2023 and 2022 S&P 500 profits as estimated by fact set approximately positive 8.9% with downside risk to both projections. Two, implementing a restrictive monetary and fiscal policy backdrop. Three, fluctuating financial asset prices and conditions featuring shifting performance leadership and increased equity volatility VIX, bond volatility move, and currency volatility VXY. Four, Differentiating, with emphasis on greater discernment and selectivity in asset classes, managers, sectors, and companies. 5. Challenging, in an environment of reduced valuations, the easy money has been made. With the recent considerable upward and downward swings in individual securities prices not a usual characteristic of bull markets. This concludes our September market commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners' chief investment officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, director of portfolio management with Americana Partners. Stay invested.